What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay. And Daryl. And on today's show, we're going to do our best to make Solo better. Indeed, we are. Yeah. Not too hard. There's no, lot, there's lots of options. Lots of options. But it's also not a terrible film. It's not a terrible film. In fact, we, we'll give our ratings in a couple of minutes here. Yeah. Sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us on today's podcast are Shannon McCarter from Network 1901, who you've heard on the show many times, and self-proclaimed Star Wars superfan Alex Leonis, who right. is a good friend of Shannon's. And this is a, and also a fun... A patron of the Story Geeks. Yes. Thank you so much, Alex. That's amazing. Yes. So, and these two love Star Wars. Oh, yeah. So this is a really fun discussion because they are very passionate about this stuff, which makes it fun to talk about. Yeah, and, uh, and of different time frames in fandom than you and I are. So it's True. like a, there's a lot of different opinions going around, which is cool. We'd also love to hear your thoughts about how to make Solo better, and you can share those with us over at thestorygeeks.com. It's also where you can find all our other content, more than 100 of our past episodes, past podcasts. You can also get blog posts from Ashley and Anthony. I'm really curious to see how they would make Solo better. Yeah. And then for those who support the show on Patreon, we have all of our premium content on there as well, including the Story Geeks Aftercasts. And we do hope you support the show because on today's Aftercast, we are going to have even more ideas on how we would make Solo better, only they're going to break the rules. Because on these Make It Better episodes, our rule is that these stories have to be, these ideas have to be story-based. That's right. But on the Aftercast, no rules. Yeah, that's right. So don't miss out on that. For more information and more great content, including today's Aftercast, where we do break all the rules, by the way. Which is fun yeah I mean, it's super fun <laughs> head on over to thestorygeeks.com what's coming up next week next week we are talking fantastic beasts and where to find them which is our first sort of dip into the harry potter universe Ooh. and we're going to do that as we look forward to the release of uh the crimes of grindelwald and then the week after that we're going to be talking disney animated movies with some of our favorite disney loving buddies with so. some more network 1901 that's folks. right awesome yeah and No Midnight as well, by the exactly, way. Exactly, exactly. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss those and everything else we've got coming up. And subscribe to our email list over at thestorygeeks.com. Absolutely. Thanks for listening in. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. Let's make Solo better. How did everyone like this movie to begin with? Is this a movie that you thought, like, wow, this movie's garbage and it, like... It's horrible. I don't even... It needs to change everything? Or are you more like, no, I actually really like it. It's just I'm making some tweaks here and there. Should we speak your language and go scale of 1 to 10? Yeah, yeah. Scale of 1 to 10. Okay. I would give this movie maybe like... Maybe like a 7. I think it's pretty good. But there are so many like little minor things here and there that are really frustrating. And then you read the novel and you're just like, this movie could have been amazing. What happened? happened so it's just it's frustrating but it's a fun movie okay cool because i haven't even read the novel yet so that's awesome what about you alex so my first two viewings i would say i'd give it an 8.5 but my third viewing same as shannon dropped to a seven because between that second and third viewing i read the novelization and it frustrated (laughs) me so much so Uh. yeah okay okay I, I am I am at a I am at an eight a solid eight. It's not a great movie, but it's almost approaching greatness for me. So I, I mm-hmm. like it a lot, but um, it's not great because like Shannon said, there are some just minor issues here and there, 
What about you, Daryl? Um, yeah, I think I'd go with eight as well. Okay. Cool. Or maybe seven and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So now, so we're really not taking, because uh, like the last movie we did a Make It Better for was Green Lantern, which you can go back and listen to. We did it with um, was a Scott whole different nice story. Wander. Whole different story. <laughs> that movie is like a two, and we're trying yeah. to bring it up as much as we possibly can. So this is a little bit different. So Alex, start us out. What is your number three change, basically, to Solo? Okay, so this one comes with my issue that... I feel like at the end of the movie, Han doesn't develop enough to be as cynical as I want him to be. And that might be because they're planning on making it a trilogy. And I don't know if they'll do that anymore. So I would say I would probably um, have him cheat at that game of Sabacc at the very, very end. Instead of just kind of um, snitching out Lando with the device, he, did, he didn't cheat. So I would say... I would have him cheat so that way in Empire Strikes Back when Lando is kind of, um, him and Lando are kind of, um, what's the word? Reuniting. Kind of, like, reuniting <laughs> and they're, they're kind of playing with each other and it seems like their friendship is a little bit worse than you would think it would be just over that thing at the end of Solo, so I would have him cheat. Yeah. Uh. That's excellent. I like that mm-hmm. change a lot. That's great. Good change. What about you, Shannon? What's your number three? My number three comes down to the thing that, bare minimum, this movie, there's no reason why it shouldn't pass the Bechtel test, because there are so many amazing female characters in this film. So I, there are a couple ways that this could be done, um, and I think that comes down to, like, changing up how Kira and L3 interact. Like, maybe they could talk about something other than, you know, their respective love interests. Or at the end, even Kira and Infus Nest, they're talking about Han, where they could be talking about the coaxium or the deal or something like that. So just, like, some little dialogue changes with the female characters would go a long way. Hey, Shannon, really quickly, for the sake of the listeners, explain the Bechtel test. Yeah. We know so what you mean, but just, just, just so everybody knows. Yeah, totally. So the Bechtel test is basically a test that you put up against movies um, to see how your female characters interact. And the way to pass it is that you have to have more than one female character. These female characters have to have a scene together where they're talking to each other. And it has to be about something other than the male characters. So it seems really easy to pass, but a lot of movies actually (laughs) fail this. And with Solo, just having, you know, they have Val and L3 and Kira and Emphis. Like, it really should pass the Bechdel test, and it doesn't, and it's very disappointing. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, it makes sense. And it does in the book, but it doesn't in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it does. I was just, just going to ask. So it does pass the. T- what? What is oh. the? What's the scene oh, it's where so that? Much it passes so much. It oh, passes God. so much. <laughs> it passes so much. Yeah. There's like there's a better scene with Kira and L three where they talk about like their backstories and it gets super emotional um, and about like where's your restraining bolt and it rips your heart out. And there's this amazing scene at the end with um, Emphis and Jen Urso actually. Which which is really, really cool. I would have loved if they'd slipped that into the movie, but I understand why it's not there. So. Wait, so it was Jin Erso and who? With Infus Nest. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. That yeah, she's 11. Scene. She's mm-hmm. only 11 years old in that scene. It's really cute. Wow. So cute. <laughs> that's super cool. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. That would have been included for sure. And then it would have passed the test, and then everyone would be happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Bare minimum. Yeah. All right, so Daryl. 
What is your three? What is your number three? Okay, I'm gonna start the controversy off right away. Oh, let's go. So, 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 hear me out. Okay, let me give you my reasons first <laughs> before you I'm decide to, to never talk to me again. <laughs> but <laughs> I am gonna remove L3. Oh no! No, no, no! no. <laughs> hear me out. Daryl, hear you me don't out. understand. <laughs> hear me out. Millions of voices across the galaxy <laughs> cried out and. Here's my reasoning, English. and I'm not si- obviously we don't have to agree. That's okay. But here's my reasoning, just so that you know why I'm doing this, and hopefully it'll be a little less painful. So I have three main reasons. The first of which is since we had K2SO in Rogue One, mm-hmm. we've already sort of had the the snarky droid. Yeah. So it feels a little bit formulaic to have it in Solo as well to mm. me, which distracted me a little bit. And then secondly, I feel like it steals impact from Lando, who I think should have been a better character than he is. And I'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, lastly, and maybe this is the most controversial, I just don't like the (laughs) equal rights for droids concept. Mm. I feel like the struggle for equal rights is not something that's been highly emphasized in the Star Wars movies before. Yeah. You know, we've seen slaves, and no one seemed to have a problem with that. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know what very I mean? troubling. And so I feel like to begin the equal rights discussion with droids mm. is distracting to me. Oh, you mean you'd rather have that discussion happen with other characters? Well, you see a little bit of it with the Wookiees, too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Which yeah. I think fits really well mm. um, and gives us some cool motivation for Chewie. Mm. But, yeah, I, I think it was just... It was a little too distracting to me, especially when you had Lando over here, who I was so excited to see. I was so excited to see Donald Glover's Lando, and I yeah. feel like L3 sort of stole some of that thunder away from him. So those are my reasons. Interesting. I, I will say, I understand where you're coming from, because I I understand like the problems with L3, but the thing is, is that like her and Lando's relationship and again this is gonna fall back on books so like apologies like if you guys out there listening haven't read like Last Shot or the novelization but her and Lando's relationship is actually really complex and adds so much to Lando's character and unfortunately I feel like when it came to the writing and this comes with the female characters they weren't handled very well and so I feel like that relationship falls to the wayside because of man pain and like they weren't sure how to work with it so i feel like it could have been so much better but unfortunately it just falls so flat yeah Mm. and maybe that's i i could understand how that could totally be true but with my context just having seen the movie all i have things is like lando has feelings for me how would that work oh it works (laughs) that's kind of all they give us little side conversations right yeah weird yeah there's an indication that the two of them have like supposedly been through a lot but we don't have any of that right i I think that if you're going to address the droid rights issue as well i don't know i in my opinion they address the droids rights issue more as a joke it's more as like a we're going to try and add this in a humorous way like she's going to be so so i now the reason why i say that is because i believe the storytellers when they add that element to the film, they're adding that element where like you see Clint Howard, which Clint Howard in a Ron Howard movie is always like the yeah. 
the oh there's clint howard it's like, like an offhanded joke it's like yeah. an offhanded joke and he's the one that's like oh no get out of here you know you're not you're messing up my my space my robot battles or whatever yeah um and then even when they're even when she starts because the story perspective is that that's why she's so passionate about uh starting the the droid uprising on kessel mm -hmm. that's why they're that's why they're foreshadowing that that's why they even add it to begin with in the first place right yeah. so they can get to that scene and i think that even when they go into that scene it's kind of like it's still done in 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 my opinion in sort of a pseudo comedic way where it's kind of like yeah, but so is assigning the name Solo to Han. And oh, we'll get there. <laughs> when that oh happens, my gosh! I almost oh. wanted to get up and We're leave the salt. theater. We're gonna salt. Well, so stupid. So, so here's the thing. That's but uh, that's all I'm saying about L three. I think that like the, I think the actress is amazing. I think they could have had a really compelling way to add her into the film. Sure. It's I just the way any... it's done doesn't work. Yeah. I have no problem with the performance. I right. have no problem with the concept of a female slanted droid. Totally cool with all that. I just think it wasn't done well. And for me, it's distracting. Yeah. So. But you can like it. You can love it. And it's totally fine. Sure. That's not yeah. a problem either. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my number three choice is have you guys ever read about the Ma from Legends? I've read I a haven't. bit, no. a okay. bit on Wikipedia, not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in the extended universe, and this is all legends now, so this is not canon anymore. Obviously, Solo made the Maw very different in canon. But in the EU, um, the that version of the Maw is way better. So the Maw in Legends is a cluster of black holes. And so basically smugglers would use the Kessel Run because there were so many black holes. It was incredibly dangerous and the authorities wouldn't even try to navigate it because you can just get sucked into any one of these black holes along the way. And the reason why the 12 parsecs is so cool is that in Legends, in order to complete the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, you would have to fly super close to multiple black holes, like in the most direct route possible, and, and risk getting sucked into any one of them. Um, so I will say that I did think the design of the Maelstrom was very cool. Uh, especially some of the scenes like where the um, the Star Destroyer shows oh, up. Oh, yeah. I think that's just a great visually. But in terms of the actual Ma, um, I would have loved to see the Black Hole Cluster. That would have been super, super cool to me. And that it was is so much cooler than another tentacle porn monster. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you for saying it. They didn't need that tentacle monster. <laughs> and they could have subtly worked in Black Hole Sun to the score. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so anyways, that, that's my number three, is uh, use the Maw from Legends, not the Maw that we saw in Solo. All right, Alex, what's your number two? Okay, my number two is similar to Shannon's number three. It's to do with the Bechtel test, but I'm going to go into a little bit more detail. There's this conversation in the novel, we talked about it a little bit, between L3 and uh, Kira, and it happens immediately after that weird conversation about if she can do it with Lando, right? <laughs> so um, they, t they, they share their lives and realize how similar they are, that they've both been slaves their entire lives and they both want to break free of that. And how they both made themselves, they're very independent and they made themselves into who they are today. And I like, I think I sobbed like all through that whole section of the book. It's it's yep. probably one of my favorite <laughs> yep. passages in any Star Wars novel ever. And thank you, Mer Lafferty, for writing that. Oh my gosh. 
So, and then another thing that I found this week, I was reading this article, and um, it was a really interesting quote that I wanted to share. Uh, Annalise Ophelian was talking about The Last Jedi, and she used this quote to talk about the way the female characters are. So she said, Female heroes are traditionally presented in cinematic isolation. This film gives us women working side by side, women in technical positions, and of course women learning the ways of the Force. So I think there's a big difference between what she's saying about The Last Jedi and then um, Solo, where Solo, I never feel like women are uh, working side by side. They're totally in cinematic isolation for most of the movie. Mm. So that's my number two. Yeah, that's a really good point. In fact, I even Mm. was thinking about that because before you said in isolation, I was thinking to myself like, well, actually... Kira does like a lot of really cool development to the point where she even chooses life without Han over life with Han. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then as soon as you said isolation, I'm like, oh yeah, totally. She just did. <laughs> she just did that by herself. Mm-hmm. And you get the impression that she would have made that choice over other female characters as well, right? Like, so the isolation thing is really real. And 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 maybe that's okay for Kira's character. But you're right. All of a sudden, it's like, well, there's no females working together and that's yeah that's yeah. a good that's a great mm-hmm. point good well good and like it, it makes such a impact in the book because like her and l3 are so similar like they're both survivors and like l3 asks her like where's your restraining bolt what's keeping you stay like what's making you stay here like why haven't you tried to break free and go off on your own and that really i i do think like at the very beginning she knows that she's going to kill dryden like right when he kind of like mildly threatens han but i think that moment too is kind of like i have to do something to break free of this and that pushes her even more towards the edge and that's such an amazing moment that we don't get because all of these female characters are in service to the male characters in this movie it's so unfortunate Mm, interesting cool dig it so what's yours shannon what's your number two mine plays on that a little bit um i actually say um we get all this marketing where it's like we're this big shot gangster putting together a crew and we're introduced to all these characters including val and rio who die almost immediately which is absolutely ridiculous because you get freaking tandy newton to play val and you just kill her off and she's not there anymore so i say if we're going to introduce these characters if we're going to have these characters let's not kill them off their deaths are useless they have zero weight in the story because nobody mourns them they literally build the graves and then han and chewie have a snowball fight thank god that was <laughs> deleted um so i just think you know keep them alive like maybe you can get rid of them in some other way if there were too many characters or maybe you just shouldn't have cast them to begin with but they were really cool they were really well written and we just didn't get to see them realized so i would have liked to see more of them i think they were probably going to use rio longer and then they're like oh no this dude's going to go off and make a whole series yeah (laughs) (laughs) we need to let john go yeah john favreau's going to go make a mandalorian series so let's kill him off right now well i just feel like they they kept like sacrificing other characters because of Han, like they wanted to do like more mm-hmm. stuff with Han, which I understand because it's Han's movie. But like, I-, I wish we could have seen him spend more time with these characters and like build up a family a little bit because it's so much just like, it's really only Han and Chewie. Like everybody else is just sort of there. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel tangible and like those deaths feel so meaningless. So it, it just would have added more weight to the story. Mm-hmm. There was actually, um, 
a quote, uh, not a quote, sorry, um, John Kazin, one of the writers, Larry Kazin's son, wrote a whole list of tidbits about Solo, and one of the things he said was there was actually supposed to be another crew member that was going to get killed off Mm -hmm. at the beginning, and it was some strong big guy, and they were going to kill him off because they needed a reason to bring on Shuey as, like, their muscle. Mm. Yeah, and he's in the book, too, do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so random. Oh, weird. So, so, yeah, Yeah. sometimes sometimes I think what happens with the books is that the script for the movie gets is given to the writer of the book um, earlier on than the final script. And mm-hmm. so, because I've seen in a couple of the other novelizations, you're like, oh, well, that didn't go that way. Not exactly. Or and like I, it'll include deleted scenes and stuff. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And by the way, on the, um, something worth mentioning since you brought up Val, on the, um, it's kind of like an actor, director round table on the special features of Solo hearing tandy newton talk about her inspiration for the character val and it being her mom and they show a so picture good. yeah it's so cool and they show a picture mm-hmm. of her mom and it looks just like the character um it's worth a listen because it's, it's very inspiring and you actually get a lot more respect for val's character just through that listening to tandy newton talk about it so pretty cool daryl what's your uh, number two choice all right <clears throat> my number two choice also has to do with seeing more characters. Um, it has to do with seeing more of my favorite character and then the character that I thought was the biggest letdown. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> um, the biggest letdown I actually thought was Lando, mm. and I'll explain more about that. And then my favorite character is actually Enfys Nest. So, oh, yeah. Uh, well, by the way, Enfys Nest made both of our top five favorite female yes, Star Wars characters. That's oh, right. nice. Oh. So I want to see more of both of them, and here's what I propose. Well, first of all, for Lando, for me, I was, I was honestly a little bit let down by Donald Glover as Lando, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's because of his performance. I think it's because all they really did was give us a Lando that was even more of a scoundrel than Han was, oh. and it was, I, I felt like, okay, well, you showed his swagger, so okay, Donald Glover can do swagger, but right. I want more than that, so yeah. here's what I propose. So I would make Lando actually more of a freedom fighter type character with elements of heroism and compassion already instilled in him and have it be revealed that he has actually been working in concert with Enfys Nest. Oh. And then that reveal that Enfys Nest is a rebel and not a marauder and that whole change in the paradigm would happen sooner so that we can have more of that going on. Um... So, you know, so then rather than being more of a scoundrel than Han, Lando is actually this voice of reason that's sort of against Beckett in Han's head, where he's trying to spur him towards heroism and supporting what Enfys Nest is trying to do. Which would make Alex's change of screwing him over in the card game even more powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'd be a much meatier role for Donald Glover. Um, and then it would incorporate Enfys Nest much more strongly. And... We can talk about this more later, but I actually would see this contributing to a sequel to uh, this movie. Interesting. That perhaps does not include Han, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I can't elaborate on that more without blowing my third one. So I'm going to stop there. I think there are like a, a couple of possible sequels from this movie that don't include Han, yeah. which was their problem. <laughs> For sure. Totally agree. 
Okay, so can I piggyback off that one more time, like with one more thing? Yeah. Because because you guys talked about the scene between um, Jin Erso and uh, you said it's Jin Jin and. And Din and Infus. And Infus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, what if Lando and Saw Gerrera could go back in the day? And then Saul was uh, there. Saul was yeah, there was in that scene. Was he there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so if you had if you had Lando being a freedom fighter and he's working alongside Saw Gerrera, that's a really good excuse for why Lando, because like Saw goes crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a really good excuse for Lando to leave that life and become more of a playboy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. So that yeah, would be been so killer. Cool. Anyways. I like that change a lot. My number two is the easiest change of all changes, and we've already talked about it. But please, for the love of God, do remove the last name reveal. It is <laughs> oh my so God. terrible. It's so dumb. Uh, it completely oh, undermines no. episode seven he and should eight. Be, yeah. He should be Ben Organa. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> ben Organa. Wait, wait, Han how did that work? Han should like, have taken the last name Organa when he married Leia. Because clearly, because oh. Solo means nothing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Because Solo is. Well, why would you keep a name? Why would you keep a name that was given to you right? by an imperial asshole? Like, you're right? like, dude, I'm like. I think that actually is the character's name, too, right? <laughs> yeah, imperial asshole. Imperial asshole it's, from the call sheet. It's listed Whereas, like, you have this wife who is royalty from not only, like, her regular bloodline, but also her adopted bloodline. Why wouldn't you take her name? Like, really? Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, and, and so here's the thing, too, right? Like, it's totally an unnecessary scene. I don't care at all about the origin of Han Solo's last name. Like that does not important no, at all to the story. No, it shouldn't have an origin. It should just be his freaking name. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think the the mystery is superior than getting the actual etymology, which just totally disappoints because it's not funny and it's just stupid. Right. So, anyways, that's my number two. <laughs> I was making it easy. I was going to wait till Patreon to bring that up, but I'm with you. Same. It is literally as uh, even after the second watch, like. I would rather have had them include the stupid snowball fight you guys talked about as a deleted scene than have the last <laughs> name reveal. <laughs> and that's a dumb scene, right? Anyways, <laughs> whatever. All right, Alex, what's your number one? Okay, my number one is Val Man Pain. So it's kind of similar to Shannon's number two, but Val didn't need to die. They, they could have done something else with her. She died for the purpose of Beckett's man pain, and he doesn't even have any pain over it. It's so brief. He doesn't even seem that upset. And everyone just moves um, moves ahead so quickly. So what I would say is maybe I would shorten the Mimban scene or um, the train heist and fit in. Perhaps maybe she doesn't die or somehow she gets captured by the Cloud Riders, the Marauders, and Emphis Nest. And by the end of the movie, it's revealed that they have convinced her the error of her ways of working for Crimson Dawn, and she's actually converted to uh, the Rebellion. That way she doesn't get killed off, and there's purpose to her. She's literally only there for Beckett's man pain. Same with mm-hmm. L3 and same with Kira, but like, oh man, is it there for Val? <laughs> and my other issue is in that same Twitter post that John Kazin wrote about all the tidbits. He said that they killed off Val because she was too interesting and too good. So what? that's no that's, reason. That's odd. <laughs> it just makes me feel gross. This is such a good character. We're just going to kill it off. Like, yeah, right? Like, 
okay. like, oh, she was just like too cool, so can't have her. Can I piggyback yeah. on that? Because yeah. I was going to bring this up in Patreon, but since we're talking about it now, I have an idea for that too. Hmm. Um, I would say that that scene still happens and she does still seemingly die, mm. but she actually reemerges later in the film when Beckett betrays Han and she reemerges as part of that betrayal. Oh, that's good too. In support yeah, I'm of so Beckett. glad you brought that up. <laughs> and then Beckett still dies, but Val survives. And in the end of the movie, we see some sort of closing character shot where we see her in some contemplative type pose or something. And it just kind of leaves you wondering, like, what the hell is she going to do now? <laughs> like, you're just so intrigued by it. So That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, Shannon, what's your number one? Okay, so in my mind, Solo has two beginnings so we have all of that stuff on Corellia where we're introduced to a young Han and Kira and we see her get left behind and all of that stuff and then we have Mimban where we skip ahead a couple of years and he's you know fighting with the first or not the first order oh I'm thinking of the sequel trilogy <laughs> he's fighting uh, with the Empire and he meets Beckett and everybody and meets Chewie and all that kind of stuff and the pacing really slogs down here like it, it just starts to feel weird and there's so much time between like that time skip to Minban to when we finally get to Voss and we finally see Kira again like it doesn't make any sense like it just feels weird that we spend so much time here so I feel like one of these scenes should be cut and unfortunately as much as I like the Corellia stuff I feel like cut all of that and have like this want for Han to go back to Corellia be like a question like why does he want to go back to Corellia why is he so concerned about Corellia and then all of a sudden when we see Kira it's revealed that like he left her behind they grew up together and like all of a sudden you're like oh okay there's this intrigue and if you really wanted to introduce her earlier you could have still had the scene of her being left behind but that just would have cut down a lot of the runtime from the beginning and even though like the Minban stuff is what drags for me I don't think they'd ever cut it because Chewie but I feel like mm -hmm. this would just help it feel a little bit faster and feel like the story gets going a little bit quicker. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Daryl, what's your number one? Okay, my number one is to emphasize betrayal more in the film. Mm. So I'll tell you what I mean. I think that this film does not leave Han in a place that makes any sense whatsoever for what is ahead in the Star Wars saga. Because ah. when we see him on Tatooine in A New Hope, he's just a smuggler. He doesn't give a crap about anybody. He just wants right. to make money. And that's not where this movie leaves him. This movie leaves him more optimistic and more heroic and having grown beyond that. Mm. So I want stronger sense of betrayal at the end of the film. A really, really strong, heart-wrenching sense that Kira betrayed him. And like even more like I don't know maybe she takes a shot at him or something I don't know so something <laughs> yeah. really really strong that is strong enough so that it completely dismantles all of the growth that he's experienced in this film and leaves him in a place where he would say well screw it I'm going back to what I was going to do in the first place I'm uh, just going to be a thief because yeah. mm. I can't trust anybody and I know that's really dark, <laughs> but <laughs> but it has to be right. But it's it makes much more sense for where we see him right. in A New Hope. Um, and this is kind of where that sequel idea thing comes in because I think in the midst of that betrayal, we could see more of Darth Maul, 
and we can see more of what was happening with Crimson Dawn beyond Dryden Voss, and we could see how that struggle might continue on against Enfys and Lando with mm-hmm. Han out of the equation. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with that point, but I would say for Kira, I'd want it, her to shoot a non-lethal shot because I, I read the end that she's protecting him at the end of the movie. Right, exactly. It's mm-hmm. And I want it to be very, very clear that it, and vindictive. And it's like, no, 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 like, I am crushing him. She doesn't even have to shoot him. Like, whatever it, whatever it is, I haven't figured it out. But I want it to be very, very clear with no sympathy whatsoever that she was playing him and she was using really? him. Really? And she is <laughs> crushing him. I know it's dark, but that's what I'm... That, to me, would give the motivation to put Han where I feel like he should be by the time we get to A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I will say, I think the way that this movie ends, it's very obvious that I think they wanted Solo to have spinoffs or more yeah. movies or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried that they're not going to do that now. I'm also worried that they like got too many like high-budget actors to do that. But that's what it needs. Like We need more context. They introduce so many great characters. We still don't really know how Han gets to A New Hope. So like, there's so much stuff up in the air that if they're going to end a movie this way, they, they need some follow-up stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So here's here's my number one change, and it is the most drastic change of all the changes. You can't recast yet. I'm not recasting. <laughs> I'm saying you don't make this film at all. That's my number <laughs> wow. one change. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, so despite the fact that I really like this and the fact that I think it's close to being a great film, um, I also believe that it's a totally unnecessary film. Um, I didn't need this film before it came out. I didn't need a backstory on Han Solo. To me, he's not a character that ever needed a backstory. Um, he shows up as a scoundrel, and you just accept him as he is. You're like, okay, cool. He's a scoundrel. It's fine. I don't, yep. need, I don't need to know anything else. And he grows into something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think Rogue One is my second favorite Star Wars film. I love Rogue One. But that's different because they're not introducing us. To, they're, they're actually introducing us to a whole new character set. I mean, we see Leia for, like, you know, whatever it is. And we see Tarkin for a little bit, too. Very, very little, though. We're introduced to a bunch of new characters. And to me, that's more interesting. Uh, Where we're at in the Star Wars universe now, it's more interesting to see new characters, even if they're in a different part of the galaxy or operating with different people. That's the kind of stuff that I want to see. I'm really excited, for example, that The Mandalorian, I think, is not going to be about Boba Fett, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is fantastic, Mm -hmm. or Jango Fett. Um, I want new characters, and so I know I know Solo gives us new characters, but the main story is focused on Han Solo, one of my favorite characters of all time, who I was totally fine with and didn't need any background on. So that's there you go. All that's right. my number one change. Let, let me tell you how does, why. How does eliminating the movie make it better though? <laughs> no, no, no. Let, let me let me tell you why <laughs> they need to have this movie. Because you're right. It is it is unnecessary. We didn't really need a Han Solo backstory, but. We got one, and we got it where we did for a reason. And I'm sure Alex knows where this is going. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of the Ben Solo parale- parallels, because Kylo Ren is getting redeemed. Um, we do get the, so- the line that, you know, you have too much of your father's heart in you. And this movie is entirely dedicated to showing you Han Solo's heart, and that he is the good guy, and that he thinks he's the scoundrel who does, uh, does bad things, but in real like reality, he's the good guy. He's always going to help other people, like... It's just who he is, 
And that's the parallels that they're drawing out. They do that with the looks, the way that they frame the scenes, the way that they take the story, even with his theme, like the Han Solo theme and the Last Jedi theme, or not the Last Jedi theme, the Kylo Ren theme. There's this amazing episode of What the Force where they talk about like the score of um, Solo and they go into that. It's amazing and to me this is all foreshadowing to where we're going in episode nine and it's redemption and i'm here for it and ben solo's not gonna die so there you go jay (laughs) (laughs) i hope he dies but but um i'm also hoping for redemption in that story Uh, no i can see i can see your point i'm just not sure it needed to be a movie like we're getting Mm -hmm. really great books and stuff at this point in time and so by Mm -hmm. daryl your question why this isn't making this movie better yeah but i think it actually could if you don't make this movie you make a better movie by not doing one at all because you make New Hope better. You make Empire Strikes Back better. You make all the rest of them better. So My my Patreon um, pick, it actually piggybacks off that. Oh, off nice. So, Which, by I'm the way, glad that you're going to bring that up. Yeah, okay. so we're going to jump into Patreon. So um, for everybody, everybody who's listening, we, after this is over, we're going to pick the, the choices that we each like the best in a minute here and then we're going to go into patreon where i think we all have a lot more changes for this film which is awesome so as we jump into this well let's each pick one of the other choices so before we do that we're going to recap all the choices that we made just like a one sentence quick phrase of what it was that that, um, recaps the three changes you make so alex we'll start with you give us the three changes that you made to make solo better so number three was the sabacc game at the end where uh Han cheats him, Mm. cheats Lando. And then my second one was um, more between the female characters, L3 and Kira, like more conversation past the Bechtel test, basically. And then my first one was don't waste Val, use her more, do something with her. Um, Don't kill her off. Nice. Okay, excellent. Shannon, what are your three? So my number three was pass the Bechdel test, so more between the female characters. Um, my number two is don't kill off Val and Rio. Do some more with them, some more team building. And my number one is cut the Corellia beginning and just start off on Mimban to kind of build that mystery a little bit up more with Han and Kira. Nice. Daryl, what are your three? Okay, number one was remove L3. Uh, number two was... That's going to get zero votes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just have <FYI. laughs> Number two was um, make Lando and F- Enfys um, bigger characters. Ooh, yeah. And then, you know, make Lando sort of the freedom fighter and stuff yeah, like that. Right. And then number three was emphasize the betrayal more so that Han ends up in a darker place. Nice. Nice. And, and your specific was in regards to Kira, although uh, Alex's kind of does a similar thing in terms of him cheating, so it shows that he's got to a darker place. So it's interesting. You guys yeah, both could, picked up on it that. It could be Lando too. I, I just don't think Beckett. I don't think Beckett's betrayal. He wasn't is enough. enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. I don't think Han cared about him enough right. for that. I just, I'm just kind of drawing the two together because I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like that you guys both picked up on that. That's cool. Yeah. Anyways, uh, my three are use the Ma from Legends, remove the last name reveal entirely, and don't make this movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Alex, which of the changes that we've all listed would you pick is your favorite that is not your own? My favorite's Daryl's Emphasis Lando one. Mm. I think it's really interesting to put them more, and like I love Emphasis so much, so I'd love to get more of her too. 
Absolutely, yeah. Did Emphis make your top five female Star Wars characters? No, she she didn't. But I think that if we get more content from her, maybe a comic book or books, like she could crack that top five. Oh, I would in. love a comic about mm-hmm. her. She'd, would, that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right. Excellent choice. Shannon, what about you? I'm actually going to have to go with Daryl's as well. I feel like that opens the door to so much like extra stuff that we could have gotten. And it would just be... It'd just be really awesome to get more Emphis Nest. And that actress was amazing, too. We don't we get so little, little of her. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. All right, Daryl, what's your choice? I'm torn between um, keeping Val around and using the Maw from Legends. Legends. Yeah. I think I'm going to lean just slightly towards the Maw because mm. I would love for the whole Kessel Run thing to make more sense to those of us who have only seen the movies. Ah, uh, got it. So, and that, the way you described it with the black holes and stuff like that. Yeah, dude, it's awesome that, in the EU. <laughs> that makes it awesome. <laughs> right, you know? right. And, and actually, Shannon's comment about the stupid creature. I mean, by the way, that wasn't <laughs> even written in the original script. They were just like, we need something else. And it's like, of all the things you could throw in there, why throw that thing in there? Yeah. I mean, uh, anyway, sorry. Um, all right, well, I'm going to go with Alex's change to the Sabacc game at the end mm. because I feel like I feel like I could have gotten – so I think you're right, actually, in saying that he, he – a Beckett betrayal is not that impactful to Han Solo. He's, he knows he the guy for three Beckett, days he or something, shoots right? Him. Yeah, but how many days does he know the guy? Yeah. Like he knows the guy for a few days. So a betrayal from Beckett is not that impactful. But what I really like about the end change is that that's what gives us. I, I, I mean, I think you said it, Alex, too. Like, like obviously they were setting this up for more films. So, mm-hmm. it, like, obviously they probably were going to go into different things in his life that would take him down this path. But uh, for me personally, I would have liked to seen him at a different place at the end of the film, and I'm going to go with that change. So, cool. yeah, it feels like Lando and Han need to meet again before Empire. Mm -hmm. like they need to meet for sure yeah absolutely all right cool those are our choices and like i said we're gonna get into the aftercast with even more choices so make sure you head on over and support us on patreon stay tuned for more crazy changes (laughs) (laughs) well that is it for today's show special thanks to shannon mccarter and alex leonis for joining us today Coming up next week on the Story Geeks podcast, we are going to talk about fantastic beasts and where to find them as we look forward to the release of The Crimes of Grindelwald. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on that. Yeah, and head over to thestorygeeks.com where you can find our aftercast on Solo. We're making it better and breaking the rules, and that's always fun to do. And additional thoughts on today's podcast will also come from Ashley Pauls and Anthony Holder on our blog. And that's all at thestorygeeks.com. And all supporters of The Story Geeks gain access to today's Aftercast and all past and future Aftercasts as well. So for more information on the Aftercast and all of our other premium content, visit thestorygeeks.com. If you enjoyed today's show or any of The Story Geeks podcasts, please share our show with a geek friend. And thanks for listening. And as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories. And always seek the truth.